1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: Well as we do on a Thursday, always love to catch up on insights that come from Charles Newington, the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Charles back with us. Hello Charles, welcome back to 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Good morning.
0: Uh, Charles, uh, we'll get into some thoughts today about social media, but let's uh, contextualize these. There's been some talk just in these last few days about the group that are called Sleeping Giants, a leftist activist group that pressures companies who are advertising to pull their contracts in protest over things that don't Fit their political narrative what are your thoughts for some developments over these past few days
1: yes well sleeping giants have been targeting um media that are sympathetic to the sort of right of center ideas and um, sky news is one of those and because uh uh comments were made by uh, um Uh, sorry, my mind's just gone a bit Uh, uh,
0: late. Andrew Bolt,
1: I think you're talking about? Yes, Andrew Bolt, yeah. Andrew Bolt made comments about um, the George Pell case, and as a result of which, Sleeping Giants piled on to the advertisers of of, um, uh, with Sky News, and they started to pull out. uh, Groups like NIB um, pulled out, and uh, there was a kind of a groundswell, it was a small groundswell to start off with, just one or two people started saying enough is enough, and they wrote letters to the board and they started to write to, um, to people who were insured with NIB and things like that as if to say, you know, this has got to stop. This, this kind of um, uh, campaign on social media and the way in which it intimidates companies and public leaders and things like this, this has got to stop because it's not the culture of people on the conservative side of politics to be that kind of activist. And uh, so this is just an example of how it's being used. It turned out in this particular case that uh, 43% of all the tweets that were sent um, on the NIDB case had come from one academic in Edith Cowan University called uh, Andrew Priest. He was responsible for trying to embarrass these companies in Australia. And and it had a powerful effect. They, they, They pulled the advertising.
0: There is this common thought, isn't it, uh, Charles, that what people are reading on those short Twitter bursts in fact, reflects the reality of the whole of the Australian people. But uh, really, this is just an indicator here of what we've perhaps seen before and right through uh, the previous years leading up to the marriage debate. All sorts of crazy things were happening, but people seem to have hijacked Twitter, hijacked social media uh, with their own ideological bent. And uh, in most cases, as you say, conservatives less likely to do that, but there are some very uh, passionate Activists on the socialist side
1: Well, uh, social media does enable us to, to step away from what we might call you know the, the rigors and demands of, um, of formal journalism, not proposal respected very much these days, but um, you, you can just make an emotional statement you, you can and, and I recognize that, that it's not just the left that does this. You know, that this is the power of social media that you can combine you can create a meme, just a picture and a statement. And it has uh, it has great effect. You know, we we noticed with family voice, for instance. We might make a statement about uh, 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 about something like abortion. You know, um, a classic statement of um, of a, uh, an American doctor who made the point that if they're not human, why do you harvest their organs? You know, talking about the uh, the unborn. You know, because um, that's the whole thing that, that, that the that the unborn child has no defence in states like uh, Queensland, no legal defense. And so if they're not human, says uh, Dr. Carter, why do you harvest their organs? And uh, and that statement just captured people's imagination and we had 100,000 people just, um, you know, do what you do with social media. You either like it or pass it on to friends. It just went boom. So this happens. These things go viral. And, and um, it's, you know, we still haven't... It's just transforming the way that society communicates. And I I used to think that, I mean, look at how um, um, Donald Trump, for instance, President Trump, how he used Twitter (laughs) to circumvent uh, the unsympathetic national media in the U.S. and and he uses it to great effect. You
0: know. <laughs> yeah, well, it certainly is being used to great effect. Uh, so much so, and uh, there's a little nudge here. I, I can I can just feel this little nudge that says. Christians need to become more astute about finding those creative ways to use social media because uh, there are those who are on an anti-Christian agenda who certainly have been able to uh, hijack uh, this social media. And some research out of the US, Charles, uh, some data on the opinions of young people, so we're talking about the next generation coming up, uh, thinking that socialism is a great idea.
1: Yes, uh, and uh, and this data is something like sixty percent of uh, young Americans. Uh, they are uncritical about socialism. They think it's a it's a better idea than democracy, uh, and. Um you know, similar sort of attitudes are reflected, uh, because I I think, actually, that the way that people are forming opinion is different. It's not formed on the basis of reason consideration anymore. It's formed on the basis of an impression, an emotional impression that's made by, say, a celebrity that just says something smart, and it just resonates with the person, so they take it on as gospel. And... Uh, the um The Victorian election was a case in point. you know the result of the Victorian election was kind of a bit surprising to everybody that it was quite such a a, a, a kind of a landslide but um um you know um uh, daniel andrews the, the, the premier he has over half a million followers on his facebook page, and his facebook page isn 't uh, a, a page that's that 's full of complex uh, politicking it's it 's the kind of uh, the smiley face of socialism you know it 's all the all the stuff that that socialism will give you type thing and it just had had the effect you know so it 's um uh, I can imagine that, um, you know, people that are in the great institutions and like the media and the politics and, and the church, of course, and, uh, but they're kind of scratching their heads and saying, how do we handle this, uh, this, this transformation of our society and its potential for evil as well as for good? Uh,
0: lots more to say on that, but let's see if we can cover a little more ground this morning. There's a column in The Australian this week entitled When Love Isn't Enough by Katrina Grace Kelly. It's about singles who want to have a baby and are advertising for co-parenting like a dating site uh, that does a couple's match. Now, there's all sorts of ethical issues around this. Uh, This is something you've been concerned about, Charles?
1: Yes, this is, uh, of course, uh, the type of thing that's that's sometimes done in America where uh, people are sort of saying, I really want a baby, but I'm not sure that I want a... um, a, a kind of a relationship with a with another adult, you know, and so they, they advertise anybody want a co-parent, which can mean that you can live more or less your own lives, but you can share some responsibilities for parenting the the, the child. Um, so um, you get the benefits of being a parent without all the liabilities of a marriage. Um, it sounds um, you know to some people like um, like heaven, um, but um, life's not like that. So this this. Um, this then just highlighted uh, uh, for, uh, uh, for Katrina Kelly, it highlighted the fact that, that in fact uh, sperm donors have been um, in society now for quite a long time, since the 1970s particularly, and um, there are now 60,000 people who have been conceived through sperm donation in Australia alone. And uh, you know the complexity of that, the, the the biological complexity of that, the genetic complexity of that is starting to manifest.
0: Well, if we um, were all just if we were all just uh, somehow rather mechanical, it might not make much difference. But uh, there's much more sophistication to the way we are as humanity and uh, of course we'd say that's because we're created in the image and likeness of God Uh, but uh, these arrangements uh, those you say coming to uh, to sort of uh, a maturity now with a generation that's been born 60,000 you were saying uh, but DNA testing now gives people the capacity to know who their biological parent is
1: Yes, well, it's, it's, it's like um, uh, all children who don't know who their biological parent is, but uh, when the chil- children of donor, donor conception uh, discover this, uh, it unsettles them. And uh, there's lots of evidence of the fact that many go on deep searches to try to find out um, who is their parent because it has to do with identity, uh, a deep sense of identity you know, where do, I, where do I come from? I mean, this is a deeply religious question, actually. It's a profound question. Where do I come from? Whether I'm talking about biologically or whether I'm talking about that in a bigger sense. And so this is happening. And, um, uh, and what's happening is that they're going to DNA, uh, companies, you know, that can do DNA searches. <laughs> Whereas before the donor, the the donor, the, the sperm donor was private. Uh, now, you know, the question is that they go and do these donors, these DNA searches, and uh, surprising things coming up. But you can imagine the challenge of it in a in a small, relatively small society like Australia. Um, there could be some genetic complications of people who are half siblings or whatever. Uh, getting into a relationship without knowledge. So um, society, I better just sort of take some deep breaths and have a think about this.
0: I think that is undoubtedly the case, and we'll no doubt hear more about that as things begin to unfold and as researchers start to discover that there are all sorts of connections where they ought not to be. Hey, Charles, let's pick up on something important because uh, something that Family Voice Australia is doing, and this is the organisation that you lead, uh, you're sponsoring an upcoming tour with Professor Stuart Piggin, and uh, he is just the most amazing uh, historian and has got his recent book of course about evangelical christianity in australia and a uh, history that is absolutely fascinating to read uh, you've got Stuart piggin and uh, you've got a tour about to begin give us a little insight into uh, what what that's going to be all about
1: well, Stuart is a remarkable historian. There's no doubt about it, and he's had a life interest in the Christian engagement in Australian society. How active Christians, people with vital, living personal faith, have been involved at critical points in our history. And it's you know, I don't want to I don't want to you know um, sort of uh, shoot his bullets and and take all the the magic out of this tour. But there are so many amazing situations and. You know, I just pressed him to talk about the first fleet because of the way in which Christian involvement, right at the very outset of the Australian project, uh, is so is so critical. It's so involved. It's so it's so formative in who we are uh, as a nation, right from the very beginning. And and um, uh, you know, so. I just loved listening to him and uh, personally and also reading his material on that. There's a case in point, but there, he's just going to tell us five key stories uh, and he could have chosen scores of them, but we don't have time to score. So we've just got five where he's just going to talk about five people and situations that, um, that some of us would be aware of, um, in our national history where, where God's people have been so influential in, sh- in, in sh- shaping character of, uh, of Australia as a nation, and the reason why I, I, I feel this is so important is because of two things: one is because m- many Christians are being kind of given the impression that that Christianity is his, is history it 's just it 's just not present um, in our present day but it, uh, and so as a result of which we kind of feel rather apprehensive about being public about our faith, but we have a lot to be. Um, you know we have a lot to celebrate. we have a lot to t- to talk about uh, because um, you know there have been some wonderful people, and we walk in their footsteps and the, and The second reason for this tour is to encourage people th- that it 's our turn now you know it 's our turn uh, to be courageous and to and to respond to the the crises and the opportunities of our time in the spirit of christ and and not to be uh, uh, not to be intimidated, not to be pushed out. Of the great, of the great influence and, and and nation shaping task.
0: It is our turn. It's our time. It's our watch. It's our time. And right. so the the tour is called the 360 Vision National Tour with Professor yeah. Stuart Piggin, and no doubt. Uh, I know there is a link on your website page, so that's yeah. where I'll point people to know where he's going to be speaking. Is it a capital city tour? Or are you going beyond capital it's cities? Cap- yeah,
1: it's a capital city tour. But, and and, and, and he, there are kind of conversationalists with him, like in Sydney, you know, John Anderson, former, de- uh, former deputy PM, is there. And, and uh, also, um, in, 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 in Br- Brisbane here, we've got uh, Senator uh, Amanda Stoker, and we've got Andy Gourlay, who started Red Frogs. You know, but It's just been such a powerful influence upon younger generations. And that sort of thing is happening in different states. So it's a great conversation. Stuart, Stuart sort of loves great stuff into the crowd. And uh, and and these people pick it up and sort of say, wow, and this is what's, you know, this is the connection. This is what's happening in society today. Because it's not all bad news, actually. The good news is very often not being reported, but there's some wonderful stuff happening in australia today and we mustn't lose hope
0: look i'm very familiar with stuart piggins book it's called the fountain of public prosperity evangelical christians in australian history 1740 to 1914 and of course uh, when you mention that date 1740 you realize that the first fleet wasn't here until 1788 so okay. 1740 actually takes in what happened with the uh, the uh, the outcomes of the Great Awakening and the amazing okay. spiritual encounters that happened that shaped yeah. uh, England before the first yeah. fleet even arrived here. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it is going to be an amazing time and a tour, yeah. and the conversation undoubtedly with all of those personalities that you mentioned will be outstanding. Let me s- tell people where they can get details about that tour: familyvoice.org. Dot au, familyvoice.org.au and uh, you'll be able to find out dates and venues as that is a capital city tour about to get underway charles newington is the national director of family voice australia charles always love your insights thanks for being with us once again on 2020
1: uh, thank you neil it's a great privilege